Welcome to the Source of Commercial Real Estate Podcast, where we talk to the experts in all asset classes of commercial real estate. Listen so you can grow your wealth, expand your portfolio, improve your mindset, and live an amazing life. And now, your host, Jonathan Hayek. If you are curious about commercial real estate, even intimidated but willing to learn, this is the podcast for you. Maybe you're frustrated in multifamily, struggling to find deals, and you want to learn a new asset class. This is the podcast where we talk to the experts in all areas of commercial real estate so you can find your competitive advantage, grow your portfolio, and live an amazing life. I'm your host, Jonathan Hayek, and I'm an investor, probably a lot like you. I have a portfolio of small multifamily and small commercial properties, and several years ago, I thought I would just keep buying more of these types of properties. But as time has gone on, deals that make sense have been harder to come by. I'm in a different stage of life than I was just a few years ago, and my investing philosophy has changed. So now I'm looking to purchase larger deals in the non-residential space. But how do I know what to buy? How do I know what a good deal is? Should I buy a warehouse or a medical office building, a self-storage facility, or a mobile home park? That's why I started this podcast, so I can learn from the experts, learn all the asset classes, and make good investing decisions. I'm glad you're here listening, and I hope you find value in this podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of Feedback Friday. This comes out every Friday, and it's where I give you my three biggest takeaways from my interview from earlier in the week. I think of it as the Cliff Notes version of the interview. If you haven't heard that episode, you should definitely go back and check it out. In this episode, you'll hear some of my reflections and some background information on the guest's three biggest points. My guest this week was Whitney Elkins Hutton, and we had a really engaging conversation. We talked about how she got started in real estate with uh, being an accidental landlord, um, having a live-in flip, moving into the single-family home space, and eventually building up to 30 single-family homes, moving on to purchasing multifamily properties, and now working for PassiveInvesting.com and really focusing on car washes and passive investing. Whitney delivered a ton of value. Whitney is one of those guests that um, no matter what you're talking about, she's engaging and she just has a lot of wisdom to share. So if you have not heard that conversation with Whitney, go back and download it because I think you will get a ton of value out of it. My three major takeaways from my conversation with Whitney was first, how to bust through the ceiling of achievement. Second, her suggestions for buying real estate with a business attached. And third, her top tips for choosing a syndicator. First, let's talk about busting through the ceiling of achievement. And Whitney admits that she got this phrase from the book, The One Thing. And this is really what happens to a lot of real estate investors when they plateau. Many real estate investors experience a lot of success early on. This is particularly true if they are uh, really willing to hustle, if they're type A, willing to work long hours, knock on doors, ask people for private money. You can really have a lot of success early on. Experiencing this early success is obviously very encouraging for the real estate investor because the real, real estate investor believes that since they've experienced this much success this fast early on, 
that their portfolio and their growth is just going to continue on the same trajectory in perpetuity. But unfortunately, what happens is their work and their portfolio eventually plateaus. And this can happen for a number of different reasons. So basically, it happens when something in your world changes. Maybe you've been relying on conventional loans to buy properties, and that's how you've been financing everything. But then you hit 10 conventional loans, and you can no longer get conventional financing. Maybe you've been relying on uh, money from private lenders, and that money from the private lenders has dried up, so you have no more capital to invest. Maybe the market has changed. Maybe something in your life has changed so that whatever you have been doing doesn't work anymore. It's like the phrase that what got you here won't get you there. This can be particularly true for DIYers like myself uh, who are drawn to do everything themselves, whether that's um, rehabbing, uh, property management, finding deals, funding deals, uh, finding insurance, doing everything that's involved in real estate investing and doing it yourself. Eventually, you simply run out of time. You, as, your, as your portfolio grows, you cannot continue to do everything yourself. And so you're going to plateau because you're so busy doing the things to just maintain your portfolio that it's really hard to continue to have time to grow your portfolio. In my conversation with Whitney, she talked about two possible solutions to this scenario. First is you're missing a person in your business, or second, you're missing a process in your business. This can be a humbling process because if you are quote-unquote self-made and you have gotten to where you are by yourself, it can be hard to admit that what will get you to the next level you simply cannot do yourself, that you need to bring in outside help and outside processes to get you there. For example, if you're needing deals, it might be missing broker relationships that you need. If you're needing funding or financing, it might be a missing capital partner that you need. If there are large areas of the business that are just not in your wheelhouse or you don't have time for, you might need just a partner, a business partner to be brought in. In regards to processes, you might need a tool like Monday.com or Asana, where you can write all of your processes down, have a task list or a checklist that you can go through for all of the different aspects of your business. When I think about how do I know which areas of my business are causing me to hit this plateau, I think of two areas. First, I think about the soul-sucking tasks. When I was a special education teacher, the part of the job that was soul-sucking for me was all of the paperwork. As a special ed teacher, there is a ton of paperwork that you have to do, and I always dreaded it. Occasionally, I would be able to have an administrative assistant do some of my paperwork for me, but that was always the worst part of my job and the part that dread the most and made me not like the rest of my job because of this one aspect. There were lots of parts of teaching that I did enjoy, but uh, this one aspect, the paperwork, made me not enjoy teaching as a whole. 
in my current real estate business, it continues to be paperwork, and I'll also add website management onto it. When I am doing those tasks, it just makes me dread being a real estate investor as a whole, even though there are lots of other areas of real estate investing that I do enjoy. The second area that I'd look at for what's causing me to plateau in my achievement is the repeated tasks. These are often things that you do repeatedly, but maybe have very little, uh, bring very little value to you. It could be anything from paying bills to posting on social media or maybe onboarding a tenant. In my case, uh, when I onboard a new tenant, there are about 50 different tasks involved that have to happen. And if I'm just doing it from my memory, I'll often forget some of the tasks and that throws off the whole process. And so I personally use monday.com to organize my tasks and bring everybody up to speed on what we're doing with this particular tenant. So I can use monday.com, I can assign tasks to people, and I also use Loom videos. So if I'm onboarding a new tenant into our property management software, I can do it once and take a video of it and save the video to our shared drive, and then that makes it that much easier to outsource that task either to an assistant or a virtual assistant or whoever um, down the line so that you don't have to continue doing that task. My second takeaway from my conversation with Whitney was her suggestions on buying real estate with a business attached. For example, a self-storage facility, an assisted living facility, or a car wash. These are asset classes that I am not particularly drawn to because of the business attached to it. I love the idea of being as passive as possible. That's why I am more drawn to triple net options where I own the real estate, but I don't have anything to do with the business within the real estate. But these are extremely popular asset classes right now, like self-storage is on fire, and I imagine we're going to be hearing a lot more about car washes as well. One of my concerns about me personally owning one of these assets is because I know that I am a DIYer to the extreme, and it is a huge fault of mine. And so I know that I'm going to be too cheap to, uh, to hire employees and hire third-party management, and so I'm going to be the one that ends up doing all of the management and all of the maintenance of one of these properties. Whitney said that if you can't leave that real estate for six months and have it continue running on its own, then you are really a sole proprietor. You have a job. You're not an investor. And there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you're going for. If you strive to be a self-storage facility manager and you buy one and that's all you do, then that's okay. But if you desire to have passive income and to be an investor but you buy a facility and you end up managing it day to day, then that is not the idea that you're going for. If you're going to buy real estate with a business attached, Whitney gave us two suggestions for making that successful. First, embrace third-party management. In the multifamily world, third-party management is pretty common, and it's even common and certainly possible in the self-storage world. 
Since PassiveInvesting.com is getting into car washes, they see a void in the marketplace. And so they're bringing a third-party management arm to PassiveInvesting.com, where they will just manage car washes. That's why I'm guessing that car washes are going to become more and more popular. Because if PassiveInvesting.com sees this as an asset class that has a lot of growth potential, and they're investing so much in it, and they're also going to start a third-party management company that's going to make an easier opportunity for other investors to buy uh, buy a car wash if they know they can get management for it. Her second suggestion was developing an operations manual, and I thought this was a great idea. Because once you have all of your systems and processes written down, then it's much easier to onboard people because then you can give them a manual or a monday.com checklist, which should make it easier to delegate responsibility to other people. My third major takeaway from my conversation with Whitney was her top suggestions for choosing a syndicator. If you want to hear all of her suggestions, go back and listen to the full episode because she goes into great detail. My two takeaways from her list are first, ask difficult questions, and second, verify their track record. Every operator's pro forma is going to go up and to the right. That's why, as she talks about, it's important to dive a little deeper. And so that could be asking difficult questions, like about deals gone bad, if you've ever had to do a capital call, if you've ever had to suspend distributions. So the operator may not be forthcoming about these things, but if you're asking specific questions about um, about things that have gone wrong or what could go wrong, then you're going to get a little more information. And finally, uh, the most powerful thing for me is... Uh, an operator's track record. Ultimately, we cannot predict the future. When we're investing in a deal, we try to make the best decision that we can based on the information we have at the time. But neither the operator nor me can predict the future. And so I go based on what that operator has done in their past. If they have a history of meeting targets, of good communication, of returning investor capital, then there's a good chance that they're going to continue to do that, assuming they still have the same employees lined up and the same processes, and their operations are consistent as they have been in the past. So there you have my three major takeaways from my conversation with Whitney Elkins Hutton. First, how to bust through the ceiling of achievement. Second, her suggestions for buying real estate with a business attached to it. And third, her top tips for choosing a syndicator. Again, if you have not listened to that conversation with Whitney, go back and download it because it was a great conversation. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Feedback Friday. I appreciate you. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to hit subscribe on your podcast player so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Take care. This content is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It is not financial advice, and it is not an invitation to buy or sell real estate or make any investment decisions.